Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 21. We're going to look at verse 7 this morning, and uh, I'm going to take just a few moments here to preach to you today on this Palm Sunday as we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry onto the scene at Jerusalem where he will in just a few days go to the cross and pay the price for our salvation. Today is a day of celebration. Mm. Today is a day of celebration. It's a day where, where we recognize where would we be without Jesus this morning? Where would I be without the Master? Where would I be had He not bled and died? Where would I be without His grace and His mercy? Where would I be without my King this morning? Amen? Amen. And so I'm going to ask you to celebrate with me today as we talk about his triumphal entry. The greatest gift humanity ever received was my king named Jesus. He came to the earth from heaven and he poured out his blood on a cross so that I could leave this earth and join him in heaven. Yeah, that's my king this morning. And that's who I've come to honor and to worship in this house today. Did you come to honor and to worship him as well this morning? Come on and give him praise in this place today. Each Sunday we come together into this house and He doesn't watch us from a distance. Instead, when we come into this place, He walks in the room with us and He fills this place with His presence. He is an all-sufficient, all-knowing, and all-powerful God. Scripture tells us that the train of His robe fills the temple this morning. That's my king this morning. And that's who I serve. And that's who I've come to worship in this house today. Somebody ought to say amen to that today. Amen. When we talk about the train of his robe fills the temple, I don't know if you really understand the imagery of that verse or not. But in olden times, what would happen is when a king defeated another king, he would take his train off of his robe and he would attach it to his already. And so that tells me today, he's never met a king that he couldn't defeat. He's never met an enemy that he couldn't overcome. He is an overcoming, conquering king this morning. Amen. Praise God. Matthew chapter 21, verse 7 says that they brought the donkey and the colt. They laid their clothes on them and they set him on them. And a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the tree and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes who went before him and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. All the city was moved. We ought to be moved when we come into his presence here in, in his house. Amen? Let's think about the crowd here just for a moment before I get into... My message, I, 
I was thinking about the crowd and I was just thinking about this scene and I was thinking about the fact that these are the same people that will in just a few days be the ones yelling in front of Pilate's house to crucify him. How much could they really know about Jesus in that moment? How much did they really understand? Oh yes, they had seen him do miracles. They had seen him teach with such power and authority. They had seen him do all kinds of things. They had seen him do miracles and multiply loaves of bread. He had healed people that were sick and lame and blind and deaf. And he had done all of these things. And so they recognized him as someone peculiar, someone different, someone unique, someone special. But did they really recognize him as the Messiah? We are blessed today to know without a shadow of a doubt we don't have to wonder like the crowd wondered. We can look back through history and we can know today without any doubts in our mind that yes, he was the Messiah and yes, he came and he, yes, he died and yes, he rose from, the, rose from the grave and he did it for you and for me so that we could be saved and changed and set free this morning. We are privileged to look back through time with understanding and I would just say that they didn't know our king like we know our king today. All the city was moved, verse 10 says, saying, who is this? So the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. He's more than a prophet this morning. He's more than just a good man. He's more than a great teacher. He's more than a nice person. He's more than someone who cares. He's more than someone who's compassionate. He is the King of kings and He is the Lord of lords. He is the King of glory. He is a great King and He is my King this morning. Would you help me pray today as I preach to you? That's my King. Father, we praise you, God, today for your presence in this house. Lord, I pray that you move the people today. I, lo I pray, Lord, that just like in verse 10, when it says the whole city was moved, that today we are moved to recognize and honor the sacrifice and the service that you did for humanity. That you came from heaven and you came and was born of a manger and born of a virgin and, and you died on the cross for us, Father. We recognize today all that you have done for us, Father. You are our king this morning. And so, Father, we praise you and we honor you in this place today. Somebody say amen in this house. I want to talk to you just briefly, just briefly today over the three triumphal entries of Christ. We celebrate today, Palm Sunday, the triumphal, what is known as the triumphal entry where Jesus comes riding in just a few days before he'll be crucified. But I want to go back and I want to talk to you about three triumphal entries of Christ. First, Jesus entered triumphantly at his birth. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Aren't you glad that it says whoever? We don't come before God with a bunch of, of requirements before we can come to Him. There's not a, a whole lot of prerequisites before we can come and be redeemed by the Savior this morning. He says, whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 goes on to say, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Jesus' first triumphant entry into this earth was when he was born of a virgin. He was born in a manger. He came humbly and without fanfare and pomp and circumstance, but no less triumphant. 
Don't misunderstand. Just because Jesus didn't make a big show doesn't mean he was any less triumphant when he was born of a virgin 2,000 years ago. Jesus came knowing that what he was going to do was redeem mankind. You see, what the enemy did not know was that before the foundations of the earth, there was a lamb that was slain. He did not know that a plan of redemption and salvation was put in place before the, before the enemy ever tempted mankind. Jesus won the battle before he ever fought the war this morning. That's my king today. He's triumphant and he's an overcomer and he can be your king if you want him to be this morning. He says, whoever comes to me, whoever is willing to call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, the Bible tells us. Every person in this room, if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, you need to receive Him as your Lord in your life. There is victory for you. There is triumph for you. There is, there is a different life for you. If you'll surrender your life into the hands of Jesus, He will do a great work in your life today. His birth marked the beginning of our new birth. A way of escape that would deliver us from the enemy's grip and put us firmly in the strong right hand of God. God says in His Word that no one plucks them from my hand. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I don't know about all these things that are going on in life. I, I don't understand uh, all my relationship issues. I don't understand uh, about all the chaos surrounding me. My finances are in a mess or, or I've, I'm struggling with sickness or disease. I've come to tell you this morning there was a triumphant king that, that rose onto the scene uh, a few thousand years ago and he did it for you and for me. He came and he bled and he died so that we could be saved and set free from all of what this world has to offer and he could set us on a new plane a supernatural plane that rises above the fray of this world. That is the king that we serve. And I just encourage you this morning, if you're not in a relationship with him, put yourself firmly in the strong right hand of God and let no one or nothing pluck you from his hand. That's his promise to you. That's my king this morning. The second thing that we see about Jesus' triumphant entry was that he entered triumphantly for his death. And this is certainly the the, the main text that I preached to you or read to you this morning is when Jesus comes riding on a colt and a donkey and they laid their clothes on him. And as he's coming into Jerusalem, they're cutting down palm branches and they're taking off their cloaks and they're throwing them on the ground. And Jesus is coming into the city and everyone's yelling, Hosanna, praise to God in the highest, worshiping him and honoring him. But little did they know that he was not coming at that particular point to liberate them from their physical bondage. He was coming with a greater purpose. And that was to liberate them from their spiritual bondage. Luke 9, 21 says, And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Jesus, when he went into Jerusalem on that Palm Sunday, he knew what lie ahead for him, and yet he went anyway. He knew that there was going to be suffering. 
He knew that there was going to be persecution. He knew there was going to be ridicule. He knew that the Pharisees were going to slap him in the face, spit on him, beat him at the whipping post. He knew all of those things that were going to happen, and he went anyway. He went anyway knowing that you and I, our lives hang in the balance of whether or not he goes and he was willing to go and willing to die and willing to sacrifice himself for you and for me. He paid the price. He suffered and he agonized. He was bruised and he bled so that we could be saved. That's my king this morning. He willingly was led to the court. He willingly was led to that whipping post. He was willingly led to the cross. He willingly gave up his life to save mine. That's my king today. Ephesians 4, 7 says, But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. That's my king, willing to die for me, willing to go to the cross for me. He died and was buried, but he didn't stay buried this morning. He, died, he didn't stay dead. Three days later, he's going to rise from the grave, securing victory and triumph for us all. That's my king. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 says, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of the sin is law. But thanks be to God who gives the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Victory is ours through Christ Jesus because he went to the cross, he went to the grave, and he rose again. And on Easter Sunday, we're coming to this house to celebrate our risen King. Amen? I don't know, maybe I'm a little more passionate about it than some of you in this place today. Or maybe you don't understand what, what we're talking about. Listen, I'm talking about a Savior who didn't have to die, yet He died. I'm talking about someone who paid the debt of my sins, not His own. I'm talking about a Savior who was willing to not let anything stop Him to come and rescue me from the bondage of sin. And He did it for me, and He did it for you this morning. He's our King. And He's not finished yet. John 14, 1 tells us of another return, another triumphant return that hasn't yet, it's, it's yet to happen, but it's on the horizon. Can I just tell you that? That, it, that it's soon, it's approaching, it, it's coming real quick. John 14, 1 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, Listen to the promise. I will come again. I will come again and I will receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. There's another triumphant entry that it's on its way soon. It will be when Jesus splits the eastern sky and returns for his church. And can I just tell you this morning, that's not too far off. Jesus is getting ready to return for his church. The first time he came for the lost, but the second time, the next time he comes, he's coming for the saved. He's coming for the church. And he's coming to take us home. People get ready. Amen. 
Better get ready when the last trumpet sounds. He's coming and he's not going to let anything or anyone stop him. He's coming to get me. He's coming to take me home. That's my king and nothing's going to get in his way. He's coming to get you if you're ready. And so I just say to you this morning, if you're not ready, get ready. If you're not right, get right. Jesus is coming soon and he's coming for his church. We've come to celebrate his work this morning. We come to celebrate what he's done for us. And I'm not trying to be redundant today and just repeating it, but listen, I think it's worth saying. I think it's worth shouting. I think it's worth repeating over and over again that he came and he died and he was buried and he rose again so that I could be saved and rise again from the deadness of my own life and be delivered into his kingdom. We celebrate the triumphal entry of this king of glory and that king is my king. That king is my king. I said that king is my king. Is he your king this morning? I said is he your king in this house today? We ought to be happy to know that we've got a king whose train of his robe fills the temple. He's never met anybody that's been bigger or stronger or better than him. He's never met anybody that could overcome him and he will do anything and everything to win my life to his kingdom. And he'll do it for you. I'm going to ask Amber to come to the piano this morning. Let me just close by telling you a bit more about my king this morning. Just in case you don't have enough information. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to close with some quotes from a great preacher of the gospel. Whose name, you love this, his name is Shadrach Meshach Lothridge. When you got a name like Shadrach, Meshach, you better be able to preach, right? And this is what he said. He said, my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings and he's the lord of lords. That's my king. And I just wonder this morning, do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supplies. No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessing. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's internally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. That's my king this morning. He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's the center savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. That's my king this morning. Is he yours? He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meager. He's my king this morning. Well, my king is the key. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. 
He's the doorway to deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy. And His burden is light this morning. He's a little hard to describe to you today because He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get Him out of your mind. You can't outlive Him. You can't live without Him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand Him, but they couldn't find a way to stop Him. Pilate couldn't find any fault with Him. Herod couldn't kill Him. Death couldn't handle Him. And the grave this morning could not hold Him. I said that's my King. Yes, He's my King. Do you know Him this morning? I said, do you know Him this morning? That's my King. That's my King. That's my King. Stand across this place and lift your voices and clap for the King of glory in this house today. Come on, He waited. He waited through everything the world had to offer. He, he pushed through everything that, he, that hell tried to, to press against Him with. And He did it all for you and for me this morning. He wouldn't let anything stop him. He's my king. He's my king. He's my savior. Hallelujah. With every head bowed and every eye closed across this place. If you're here this morning and you don't know him, you haven't met him yet, you don't have a relationship with him, let me tell you about my king. He'll change your life. He'll save you. He'll cleanse you. He'll set you free. He'll put you on a new path this morning that you'll not believe the wonders of His grace and the beauty of His forgiveness. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, then I'm going to ask you with all the boldness you can muster to lift your hand up high where I can see it this morning. Nobody's looking around. It's between me and you. Amen. Do you know Him this morning? If you don't, lift your hand up and let me know today. Signify that you need a relationship with Him this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm not quite passionate enough about my Savior. I'm not moved by my Savior like I used to be moved by Him. And I want to be renewed with a new passion and a new desire and a new hunger for Him. Would you lift your hand across this place this morning? Hands going up all over the house. We all need more. Amen? We all need more. We all need more. I'm going to invite you all to come and find a place to pray in these altars this morning. I believe that this is just kind of a day when we need to thank Him. And we need to praise Him. And we need to glorify Him. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I'm going to ask you to come. And I want to, I want to, I want to introduce you to Him this morning. Would you come? I'll be right down here over to the side. And I'll be glad to, to pray with you this morning. And introduce you to Jesus. Would you come? Come on, church. Come into these altars this morning. Let's pray. Let's thank Him. Let's seek Him. Let's worship Him. he's done anything for you then do something for him right now and come to these altars and worship him this morning hallelujah hallelujah
son to be a shepherd. Come on, church. Come on, let's pursue him this morning. Father, we love you. We praise you, God. You are our king. You are my king. You are, you are the, the risen king this morning. You wear the victor's crown today. No, no weapon formed against us shall prosper because of what you have done for us 2,000 years ago at Calvary. Lord, we glorify you in this place. We worship you. We worship you. If you're here and you say, I'm carrying some heavy burdens this morning. I'm carrying some weight today and I need to get rid of it. I'm, uh, listen, we have a victorious king this morning who paid the price for you to be free today. Let him have your burdens today. Let him have those things that are holding you down. Father, we just surrender it all into your hands. We give it over to you, Jesus. We worship you this morning. Father, this is the day that we thank you for coming to this earth, for dying on the cross, and for your promise of return again. We know, God, you're coming back for your church. And Lord, we want to be ready this morning. We want to be ready. We want to make sure our family is ready. Will you pray with me this morning, church, that we would be ready when Christ returns, that we would make sure that we've done our part to make sure everybody we know is saved and, and ready to meet Him. Father, we don't want anyone left behind. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over our family members today. We, we cry out for them in Jesus' name. We ask that, Father, You would touch them and that You would redeem them and that You would save them, Father. We ask that God, these that we've identified through this this 641 project, God, that we would be able to go out and grab hold of their hearts, Lord, by the Spirit of God, that you would lead them to your church and lead them to your kingdom, God, that you would lead them to salvation and deliverance. (coughs) Father, we love you, God. We praise you. We praise you, Jesus. I want to ask again this morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, with every head bowed and every eye closed in this place, don't leave this place the same way I'm begging you. I'm telling you that if you will give your life to Jesus, your life will never be the same. It'll be better. It'll be different. He will put you on the right path. And so if you're here and you don't know the Lord, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me this morning that's me that's me I need to give my life to God I'm tired of playing these games I'm tired of doing this on my own I'm ready for a life change this morning would you just signify that by raising your hand today I'm going to pray a prayer this morning for those of you who are here because I believe there's some here that do not have a relationship with God The Bible tells us in 1 John 1 and 9 that if we confess our sins, that He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so it's simple. When we receive Christ, we simply just have to ask Him to come into our heart to to confess that He is Lord and that you want Him to be Lord of your life. And so I'm going to pray with you this morning. And if you're here and you want to accept Him, then I just ask you to invite him into your heart. Father, 
Lord, we thank you for dying on the cross. We thank you that you are God's son that was sent to this earth so that we could be changed and we could be redeemed. Lord, those that are in this place today that are out of relationship with you, we ask that you would just draw them closer to you, God. That, Lord, in this moment right now, they would just begin to call upon your name. You said, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, Father, today we call upon your name, asking for forgiveness, asking for redemption, asking for your blood to wash over our lives and to save us and set us free. Lord, will you do that for every person in this room that does not have a relationship with you, God? Lord, we want to be ready. We want to be ready. We want to be ready for you. Church, Jesus is getting ready to come back. I believe that with all my heart. I don't believe it's going to be a long time before he returns. And so I just, I just want to build in you an urgency to do all that you can to be right with God and to make sure that your children and your family are right with God and they stay right with God because, look, he's coming back and he's coming back soon. I don't want any of you to be left behind. So let's get ready. Let's get ready and let's get as many people as we can ready. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for all that you, you have done for us, Lord, and all that you continue to do, Lord. And we look forward to your return. Lord, I pray a blessing upon each and every person that's in this place, these that have been willing to step out, come into the altar to worship you, Father. I pray that you just pour out your presence and your blessings upon their lives. Lord, do great things over the course of this week as we seek to show the love of Christ, as we seek to draw people to you. Give us the opportunity and the understanding to capture the opportunity. Lord, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hug somebody's neck before you're dismissed. The prime timers have all kinds of goodies on your way out. Don't forget about the community service tonight, 6 o'clock p.m., Central Baptist Church. Would love for you to come out and be a part of that. God bless you. Have a great day. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street, Burgrenet, Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us after Rick.